I believe that God doesn't just want us to be in the kingdom of God. I think he wants us to thrive in the kingdom of God. Amen? I don't think he wants us just to be a Christian. I think he wants us to be thriving Christians. That means it's more than just walking in church on Sundays and Wednesdays every now and then and all of that. I mean just being a successful walking with Christ. I believe that's the life that God wants every one of us to have. And so what we're going to be talking about are little Christian life hacks that will help us to walk in that overcoming lifestyle that was preached on about on Sunday. It will help us to be successful in our walk with God. Trust me, I have been in this now all of my life. I've been in ministry now. I believe it's almost 18 years. I have seen enough people fall away to say, man, we need to find some solutions some things that we can apply to our lives that will help us remain. Amen? Hallelujah. Because it's not about starting the race. It's about who finishes the race, right? Hallelujah. Because God forbid we start the race, but we don't finish it. And that's what these lessons are about. It's about giving you just some small little things, maybe things that we don't talk about a whole lot around here or, or things that, you know, it's not a constant communication, but small little things that we can apply to our lives that will help us to make it and to be successful. I'm going to be going to Psalms chapter 101 to draw a text from. This is part one of Christian Life Acts. I'll tell you exactly the title in just a moment. Praise the Lord. There we go. All right. Psalms 101. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. We were just doing that a moment ago, right? Hallelujah. Now, my joyful noise doesn't always make you joyful (laughs) because sometimes my joyful noise doesn't sound that good. But it does say make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Serve the Lord with what? Gladness and with all your heart. You're not wrong there. Hallelujah. But serve the Lord with gladness. Now, that's what we're going to be focusing on here tonight. We'll talk about all of these verses, but specifically, today we're going to be talking about serving the Lord with gladness. That's pretty simple, right? But I think uh, uh, truly and honestly, there are some people, they fall away because they they uh, actually they lose sight of this right here, and they lose the gladness that comes with just serving the Lord and the joy of the Holy Ghost. So we're going to talk about that. But let's continue. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Now there's a reason why this is mixed in with a bunch of verses talking about praise and worship. It's because truly praise and worship is the result of gladness in the presence of God. Hallelujah, and as we'll talk about in a moment, gladness is a result of thankfulness. But verse 3, it says, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep 
of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Everybody say thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Now, let me focus just a moment on verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. That word gladness, it means joy, gladness, pleasure, mirth. I had to look up that last one. <laughs> so mirth is actually means amusement or laughter. Hallelujah. Now, I, I'm sure that's probably not something we probably haven't thought of. He says, I want you, while you're working with, for me, to have such a gladness, a spirit of laughter and joy. Praise the Lord. Does that sound like the way your life has been in the presence of God? If not, this is for you. Praise the Lord. That word serve, I wanted to look it up. I wanted to know, is this purely talking about praise and worship? Well, the word specifically means to labor, to work, to do work. And although in this context, certainly he is applying it to our worshiping, our praising God, but it is all around a principle for us to live by. In all of my working, let me do it with gladness. In all of my labor, let me do it with joy. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. In all of my worship, let it be done with peace. In all of my praise, let it be done with laughter. In all that I do for the Lord, let it be done with gladness. Look to somebody next to you and tell them, serve the Lord with gladness. So Psalms 100, it contains a command to serve with gladness. This is not a suggestion. This is not a recommendation. He is telling us. Now, why is he telling us? Why is he commanding us to serve the Lord with gladness? Well, a couple reasons. First of all, God deserves our very best, right? Uh, he deserves something more than just a bunch of beat down Christians dragging themselves into church like they've got a whole bunch better to do at home, like watching some TV show, catching up on your, you know, your uh, sitcoms. Hallelujah. He deserves a little bit better than that, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. I think he deserves a bit, bunch of people who say, you know what? I am happy to be part of the kingdom of God. Uh, I'm, oh, uh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. I am happy to be part of the ministry and the work of God. So he deserves it. Also, we deserve it. I mean, why in the world would we serve him and just lousy the whole time? We might as well just be happy about it, right? We might as well, yes, we're doing it because we want to eternity. Yes, we're doing it for all these years, but we might as well just be happy about the work and the kingdom of God and do it with gladness. Hallelujah. Another reason I believe it's because sustainability requires us to do it with gladness. It doesn't matter how much we pay how much we put out, 
Doesn't matter how much money we lay on the table, how much of ourselves, our time, our energy we put on the table. If we don't find a way to do it with joy, peace, and gladness, we will wither away and we will not sustain in our walk with God. So for sustainability, we must serve the Lord with gladness. He commands us, verses 1 through 3, to serve with gladness. Verses 4 and 5, he commands us to praise with thanksgiving. And we're going to break this apart a little bit. First, three calls to serve with gladness. First, he says, make a joyful noise. That's part of it. We ought to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen. Number two, serve the Lord with gladness. Number three, come before his presence with singing. What he's saying is, is he's saying don't just come in and go through the motions, but come in with joy on your heart, with a recognition of who and what God is and what he's able to do for you and for me Come before his presence with singing. That's not just an understanding of, okay, now let's go through verse 1, chorus, verse 2, chorus, bridge. It's not just a systematic. He's saying come into his courts, his presence with singing, with joy and, and, and laughter. It's not just an idea of mechanical worship and praise, but having worship and praise in our hearts. In this context, certainly we sing in the presence of God, but singing is, is a, 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 it's an example of the attitude we're bringing in the presence of God. It's an example of how we are approaching the presence of the Lord. We gotta approach the presence of the Lord with gladness, amen, and singing and worship. Now why? Why should we do that? Three calls to serve with gladness. Because the Bible also, Psalms 100 also gives us three causes to serve with gladness. Number one, the Lord is God. Aren't you thankful that you're serving the Lord God Almighty? Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful, hallelujah, that we know the one true God we're serving, the God of scriptures? Praise God. That's enough of a reason to serve him with gladness because he revealed himself to us. We know him. Oh, what a privilege to know him. Hallelujah. The next one, he hath made us and not we ourselves. That's another cause to be glad. I'm glad because he made me. I can be glad even if I'm, I feel like I'm nothing. I can be glad even though I feel like I'm not talented. I can be glad even though I feel like I may mess up here or there. It's because at the end of the day, I know he made me. And it wasn't me. It wasn't my idea. He did it and he must have a plan. Therefore, I can be glad. And I can serve him with gladness. Even if I don't serve him the best. Even when I mess up, I can serve him with gladness. Because I know he made me. Third, because we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He's my shepherd. I'm his family. I can serve him with gladness, knowing that he's more than just a, 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 a ruler, but he's part of 
of my family. He's my shepherd. He loves me just as much as I love him. He serves me just as much as I serve him. I can serve him with gladness because he gladly took on the burden of the cross. I can serve him with gladness because he gladly uh, had to to suffer the humiliation, had to suffer the pain he endured by dying for us. As our shepherd, he has given himself for us. Isn't that beautiful here today? Hallelujah. How about we take a moment right now just to thank the Lord and to worship. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for creating us in your image. Thank you for being our leader and our shepherd. Thank you, Jesus, for placing us in the kingdom of God, allowing us to be part of your people when we did not deserve it. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Next, we find three calls to praise with thanksgiving. First, he says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. He also says, be thankful. Or literally, call out thanks to the Lord. Be thankful for what he's done. Be thankful for how he's done things for you and your family. Be thankful for what you have. Now this, this is important. And, and next, next lesson, not next week, but next lesson, we'll focus more on this. But he's saying be content and thankful for what God has given you. Don't come in. With all of your burdens and, oh, God, why haven't you done this? I need this. I need that. He's saying when you come into the house of God, yes, of course, let your petitions be known unto him. But also be thankful for what he has given you. Hallelujah. If he's blessed you with salvation, be thankful for it. If he's blessed you with a home, be thankful for it. If he's blessed you with a family, be thankful for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Be thankful. And then it says, bless his name. Bless his name. Recognize the power of his name. Recognize who he is and bless his name. After that, we find the three causes to praise with thanksgiving. Why should we do that? Well, number one, because the Lord is good. The Lord is good. I can be thankful because, man, that part's easy. He's good. Next one, his mercy is everlasting. Although I mess up and I still from time to time mess up, his mercy is everlasting. And if I turn back to him, he forgives me and he washes me and he cleanses me again. Hallelujah. He does not return back to repentant sin and hold it against me, but his mercy is everlasting. And finally, his truth endureth from generation to generation. I can be thankful that he has given me the truth of the word of God. Now, there's so much that could be said about all of that. I've already spent more time than I plan to on that list, but certainly we are called to serve with gladness, and we have a cause to serve with gladness. 
We are called to praise with thanksgiving, and we have a cause to praise him with thanksgiving. Amen. Praise God. And the fact is today, this all culminates into this idea. It is God's will for the church to be a place of joy. I have a good friend, Pastor Hattaball, Mark Hattaball in Cooper City. I've been blessed to know him for many years. My first, I first went on a youth on mission trip to Argentina when I was 16 with Brother Hattaball. He has said this every year that I went. I went on many of those trips. Almost every time you see him, he'll give you the same line. It's this right here. If you're not having fun living for God, you're not doing it right. (laughs) If you're not having fun living for God, you're not doing it right. Now, often when he would say that, it would rub me a little bit wrong. Not that I would be offended by what he'd say, but I'd recognize, wait a minute, no, that's not what the kingdom of God is about. The kingdom of God isn't about fun. The kingdom of God is about responsibility. The kingdom of God is about commitment. The kingdom of God is about sacrifice. Isn't that what we usually associate the kingdom of God with? The kingdom of God is about carrying burdens. The kingdom of God is about faithfulness. Now, I'm not here to try to take away any of that. I'm not here to suggest that those things are not essential and important. But look at Romans 14 and 17. He says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness. It is peace. It is joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Just as important is holiness to the all walk with God, so is peace and so is joy. If we have have a burden to sacrifice unto the Lord, we should also have a burden to be glad in the presence of God because this is the kingdom of God. It is joy. It is peace. It is righteousness. Why are you communicating this? Why are you saying it this way? Well, because I feel like in some ways, and I told my wife, I said, if anybody in the church needs this, I'm number one. I said, because my walk with God often becomes about a to-do list or a 30-minute prayer meeting first thing in the morning. I check it off and then I'm done. Church becomes about how many people were in service, how many did we baptize, how many got the Holy Ghost. None of those things I just mentioned is wrong in themselves. But praise God, we got to get back to just having joy in the Holy Ghost. We got to recognize that church, the kingdom of God is not just about some number that we can put online, but it's about serving the Lord because he is good. It's about serving the Lord because he's blessed me and because it makes me happy. We've got to find our joy back in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah, because just as much as preaching 
was part of the early church's success, just as part of, as much as praying was part of the early church's success, so was gladness. Acts 2.46, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And the result is the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Hallelujah. We believe here today, we've got to believe that just as much as preaching the word should be our identity as a church, just as much as signs and wonders should be our identity as a church, just as much as love should be our identity as a church, so should gladness be our identity as a church. God forbid somebody walk through those doors and see a church that's down and out with their head down. Absolutely not. We're part of the greatest thing going on in this city right now. Hallelujah. Come on. We're part of the greatest thing. There's no bar out there doing what we're doing, experiencing what we're experiencing, and seeing what we're seeing. Hallelujah. There's no business out there that can offer what we're offering. I'm telling you, this is the hot spot in Stewart, Florida, Martin, and St. Lucie County. We ought to be happy about it. We ought to be glad. We ought to have joy. Praise God. Besides, isn't the very message we preach called glad tidings? Luke chapter 1, 19, the angel Gabriel declared the birth of Jesus Christ to Joseph that it would be the glad tidings. He solidified, Gabriel solidified this term to specifically be associated with the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's why in Romans chapter 10, verse 15, it tells us the same thing. How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. You can't preach the glad tidings of Jesus Christ if you're just sitting there with sorrow in your heart and you have no gladness and you have no joy and you have no peace if all you are down and out let me tell you you need the Holy Ghost to lift you up again because the glad tidings of Jesus Christ should be preached from a heart that has gladness and peace and joy praise God Hallelujah. And as I'm telling you this, I'm not suggesting today that you just need to do this on your own. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, but I believe that there is absolutely a supernatural peace and joy that the Holy Ghost can bring into our lives. We know Galatians 5, 22 specifically tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, specifically love and joy and peace. Those are fruit 
of the Spirit, meaning the longer I spend time in the presence of God, the more I should see joy and peace in my life. If I'm not seeing more joy in my life, then there's a problem. And I need to start checking myself and figuring out and talking to God, why is this? Why am I not finding joy? Because you see, joy is not based on what you're going through. But the joy of the Lord is based on who He is and who you are in Him. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. If you don't have joy in your life, then there's a deeper issue. Why? Because Romans 15 and 13 tells us the God of hope fills us with our joy and peace in believing or while we are believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. There are many who believe that that final hope, abounding in hope, when he says that it actually includes joy, peace, and hope together. That it collectively is saying that we are going to abound in hope, joy, and peace through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So we recognize when we believe on this God of hope, when we put our faith in the plan of salvation in the scriptures, then God will give us joy and peace by the power of the Holy Ghost. If you today are in this place and you feel like you are missing joy, you're missing peace, maybe even missing hope, then let me tell you there is the power of the Holy Ghost in this house right now, and He can restore it in your life. And in this passage of Scripture, Paul is specifically speaking in reference to strife and contention in the church. Because it is obvious that he felt one of the things that strife and contention in the church stole was joy and peace. He wanted to remind them that what had been lost through strife and contention could be restored through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I know with the majority of people outside of the church today actually having scars from past churches, experiences with other pastors, maybe even with me, God forbid. He is specifically speaking in that regard. Is it possible that the majority of our contention with other people is due to the fact that there is a lack of joy and peace in our lives. Can I communicate, and I know this is often quoted in a, uh, in a, in a way that's meant to be sarcastic, but we need to get to the mindset of I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, not everything's going to go perfect in my life. But man, I'm just happy to be in the house of God. And you know, not everything's going to be perfect in church. 
but I'm just happy to be. Let me tell you, this is a spiritual life hack. If you could get this right here, you will walk with God with more success. I'm just happy to be here. Yes, the preaching isn't perfect, but I'm just happy to be here. Oh, when they did that key change, they got off in the music, but I'm just happy to be here. So-and-so looked at me funny again. I'm just happy to be here. Hallelujah, because I believe the cure for contention, the cure, hallelujah, for strife, it is peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. We just have to recognize I am happy to be in the house of God despite whatever goes on. I am happy to be here. Somebody shout and say, I'm just happy to be here. Hallelujah. Because if the Holy Ghost gives us joy, if the kingdom of God, the identity is joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost, then the question becomes, why are there so many lousy Christians? Why are there so many lousy Christians? Well, if I may, and listen, I don't have scripture for this. This is my opinion. This is just the way that I see it. To differentiate between gladness and joy. I believe joy, that fruit of the Spirit, is something, it's a supernatural joy that God places in our hearts. It comes by the Holy Ghost. But like anything with the Spirit of God. Unless we try and attempt to apply it in our lives, it does not grab hold. Serving the Lord with gladness means more than a feeling. Again, that feeling may be that joy, peace, just a feeling everything's going to be okay. Even in the midst of hardship, I have joy, I have peace. But gladness takes another step forward. Gladness is an attitude. To be glad is to have an attitude of gladness. And attitudes can be affected by a whole bunch of different things. But just as attitudes can be affected by other things, attitudes can also be changed by me, the one with the attitude. And when Psalms 100 gives us the command, serve the Lord with gladness, what he's saying is, you need to get your attitude in check. And despite what else goes on, you need to just say, I'm happy to be here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What he's saying is, is choose gladness. Don't choose to be angry. Don't choose to be bitter. Oh, Don't choose those things, but choose gladness. Yes, gladness is a choice. Gladness is a result of choosing the joy that God puts in our hearts. And can I tell you, this is exactly the reason why the children of Israel repeatedly fell in the Old Testament. It's because they did not choose the attitude of gladness. Deuteronomy 28 Deuteronomy 28, verse 47, Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance 
abundance of all things. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed thee. I know this is taking a very somber twist here, but let me just communicate what he's saying here is I have given you everything you need, yet you chose to be angry. I gave you everything you need, yet you chose to be sorrowful. I gave you everything you need, yet you did chose to despise the manna and you chose to despise the quail because you repeatedly would not be content with what I gave you but you continually wanted more, wanted something different. He said because you would not be glad with what I've blessed you with, because you would not change your attitude and come to a place of thanksgiving, then I'm going to turn you over to the things that you say you want yet when you get there you're going to realize there is no joy in that either oh praise God God help us to change our attitude and start being glad because I'm telling you this is that first Christian life hack if I can start getting an attitude of just being glad, having gladness, saying, you know what? Not everything is perfect, but, but God is good, and I'm saved, and I've got a church to go to. The Bible repeatedly communicates this idea. Psalms 122 and 1, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. If you just look at church as a burden, then you're never going to be able to successfully walk with God. You look at the house of the Lord like it's just another thing in your week. Well, I better just get this over with. You better believe you come here with that attitude, you'll walk out of here with it. But if you come in here with the attitude, I'm glad to be here. Let's see what God has in his presence. Let's see what nugget of truth I can receive today. Let's see what God could do in the prayer. Oh, I'm telling you, if everybody walked in those doors with gladness and said, I'm ready. Let's see what the Lord's going to do. I tell you, God could change our lives. We'd walk with greater joy and peace and success and empowerment in our walk with God's if we just changed our attitude a little bit. It's not a burden to come into the house of God, but it's a joy. Hallelujah. It is a pleasure. God has given us that. In fact, the Bible tells us that the fivefold ministry are a gift. That means that when I come into the house of God, I'm hearing from somebody behind the pulpit and and the preaching is going on and all of that. I believe, I look at it like it's a gift. God has blessed me with the gift to be able to hear another sermon. That might it might challenge me, it might convict me, but what a privilege it is that God would give me another opportunity to be convicted. 
What a gift. Hallelujah. And I'm not, this isn't reactionary preaching. I'm not preaching this because somebody's been walking around here upset. I'm just preaching this because I felt the Lord told me to do it. Maybe it was me. Maybe I've been walking around here upset. I don't know. Hallelujah. But God says, the Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We will find greater success in our walk with God if we go into the house of the Lord with gladness. We will find greater success in our walk with God if we will receive the word of God with gladness. In fact, that's a requirement. The soil, the good soil, the one soil that successfully produced and reaped a harvest, it was the soil that received the seed with gladness. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately received it with gladness. Even though it was contrary to me, even though it went against my own way of thinking, or maybe it convicted me, maybe it rubbed me the wrong way, whatever it was, I received it with gladness. And because of that, the seed was able to grow and to produce fruit in my life. I'm telling you, this is going to help you. I, I, I'm, the preachers are the worst of them all. They say, you know, doctors are, make the worst patients, right? <laughs> Aaron, Aaron here is a, is a doctor. Uh, and, you know, so they say doctors make the worst patients. Pastors, preachers, they make the worst patients, the worst church members. Because... I've done it. I've sat there and I started breaking apart the sermon. Well, this was wrong and that was wrong. And he did this awkwardly and he keeps saying this same word. Am I right? Well, he went a little long here. Maybe he should have done this. Maybe he should have done that. Am I the only one that maybe sometimes is critical? Hallelujah. Sometimes I do that. And I got to remind myself, no, because it's not about the person delivering it. It's not even about the package it's wrapped in. It's about what's in the package. And if I can look past the clumsy wrapping and open up that gift, I can see what the Lord has for me and how precious and beautiful it is. Gladness. Everybody shout gladness. And even in the midst of hardship and mourning, I'm here to tell you God can help us to turn our attitude around. Psalms 30 and 11, Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. You see, because we're not glad for the situation we're in, we're not glad for the hardships, but we're glad because we have hope the hope that God gives to each and every one of us, the hope that 
Sorrow may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And that no matter how bad things are today, my God can turn it around. So I can be glad. And you know what? This is a promise. I, I, wanted, I, I felt so strongly. I read this passage of Scripture. The Holy Ghost came over me. I hope today you hear this next verse and you take it. You claim it here today. Psalms 4 and 7. Thou hast put gladness in my heart. This gladness, even though I'm in a hard time, even though I'm in a desperate situation, it was more than the gladness that I had with their corn and their wine increased. He says, I had more gladness in my time of desperation than I did in my time of abundance. I had more gladness in my time of of lacking than I did in my time of increase. That's what God's able to do when we give it over to Him. He says, and I will lay both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Pastor, how can you have that mindset? Well, it's because the Lord is God. He has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Hallelujah. If we could stand one last point here and just very quickly, Psalms 104. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. I recognize it says enter into his gates with thanksgiving. But I believe the reason this is a command and a specific command, it's because gladness follows thanksgiving. There's been times when I've been so down and out and I had all these reasons why this was going wrong and that was going wrong. I didn't understand this. I didn't understand that. But I started to thank God for what he has given me. And then all of a sudden my attitude changes and I start to be thankful and glad again. Because thanksgiving, it is that pathway to gladness. And when this says, enter into his courts with praise, that word praise is not normally the word we think of. It actually, it is specifically talking about the offering that was given in Leviticus 7 and 12. It literally means thanks offering. Leviticus 7 and 12. It says, for if he offers it for a thanksgiving, 
Then he shall offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes mingled with oil, unleavened wafers anointed with oil, and cakes mingled with oil, fine flour fried. Now I bring that up to say this, that yes, we come into his courts with thanksgiving, but let's also give a thanks offering while we're here. Sometimes I come down into the house of God and I don't have this abundance of joy. I don't have this everlasting joy. I don't have this joy unspeakable and full of glory. But I begin to say, thank you, Jesus. But with a thanks offering, it changes my attitude. It reminds me of the causes of thanksgiving, which is the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is the Lord is good. Here it is right here. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth when I come in with a thanks offering and thanksgiving. It turns my attitude around. All of a sudden, I find myself glad again to be in the presence of God. I find myself glad again to be called a minister of the Lord. I find myself serving him again with gladness. I think maybe it's appropriate if we do that here tonight. Hallelujah. How about we find a place to pray down in this altar, and we come with a thanks offering, and we begin to offer up thanksgiving and say, God, I know not everything's going my way, but Lord, I thank you for what is going my way. I thank you for the blessings that you've given me. I thank you, Lord, for the time that you've given me. There's still opportunity to see what it is you've told me I'll see. There's still opportunity, Lord God, for those I love to come to you. There's still opportunity, Lord, because God, you've still given me this and although I'm not seeing what I want to see and although I'm not where I want to be I thank you Lord for bringing me this far I thank you Lord for another opportunity to be in your presence oh that's right why don't we have just a time in the presence of God an intimate moment right now and about let it be said that's a people of joy and peace and righteousness Lord Jesus when we're in the restaurant let us be designated let us be identified as a people of righteousness joy and peace oh Lord help us to be glad when we come into your house help us to be glad when we come into your presence God, no burden is too heavy when we are glad to carry it. 
no sacrifice is too great when we are glad to offer it. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us to find that joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. Make us glad in your presence, Lord. Help us to change our attitude, God. Help us to give it, give us a different perspective, Lord. Oh, no, no. 